Hey everybody, it's John. Just a quick note before we start the show today. We've talked on several episodes about trying different technologies when it comes to recording with our guests to get the best experience for us and for you that we can. This episode was no exception, and when I got the tracks back, there were some spots that you're going to hear where Wendy and our guest Jillian are talking over each other, and unfortunately I was not able to edit those to separate them out. Doesn't detract from the conversation. Jillian is absolutely amazing. I know you're going to love the conversation with her. Did want to just put it out there, so if you do hear it, it's not your ears playing tricks on you. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 39. John and Wendy talk to Jillian Caswell. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, A bit of exciting stuff going on. Yeah. This show comes out early November. I have a very interesting speaking engagement that following week, uh, believe it or not, I am going to speak at a podcast festival. That Um, is so cool. Yeah. It's... uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be very different. It's the DC Podfest, which is up in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, it's the 9th and 10th. Uh, tickets may still be available if you're in the area and you want to attend. And <laughs> <laughs> it's for not only for, you know, for podcasters that have been going for a while, but for people that are interested in getting in to the, uh, into the business, as it were. But really excited. I, apparently, I'm going to be the first speaker, and I'm going to be talking about Twitter chats and how how you can leverage it for your podcast and really tell the story of how the yeah, HR social got started. Exciting. So super excited. And as the lady that runs it told me like, John, you're, they're, they're your people just like the HR people and the comic book nerds. So I'm uh, very, very excited and we will, I'm sure I'll have more stories to tell once it's over and That's never, true. never know what'll happen at those things, but enough about that. So excited for tonight's guest. I am going to venture to guess that geographically she is the furthest away from anybody that we've recorded with so far, save Melanie Peacock. But I think she's fur- I think she's ones, even further away than, than Melanie. Other than the ones so that we talked to at without Sharp. any, they were yeah, but they were in Chicago. Like I'm talking yeah. about, like thank goodness for technology and thank goodness this person could make time to talk to us from far, far away. But enough Wonderful. of that. I'll let you make the introduction. So happy we'll get started. to welcome Jillian Caswell to the show tonight. She is a human resources advocate who, inspired by the strong women who mentored her early in her career, strives to serve as a recruitment and HR resource for emerging professionals and those looking to make a change in their careers. She is dedicated to pursuing this endeavor through community engagement, mentorship, outreach, and public speaking. She is especially driven to engage with youth in expanding their horizons and encouraging early exploration of potential career paths. If you are in need of inspiration with your resume, struggling to feel confident in your interview responses, or just don't know where to start in changing your career from a time clock punch to pursuing your passion, Jillian would love to be a resource in working together to chase your dreams. Jillian, so excited to have you here tonight, and uh, tell us what's in your glass. Hi. Uh, This (laughs) is such a sad answer, (laughs) because where I am, it is not quite after five. (laughs) Um, So my my pre-five drink, uh, my glass right now is some passion fruit, herbal, zing tea that's supposed to help keep me awake. So that's it's getting me through (laughs) until we get to the after five. A lot more interesting. We have um, 
some really awesome Ooh. local vodkas. So there's um, a plant called fireweed in Alaska. So my go-to after five glass is um, Ooh, club soda and funny. fireweed vodka. <laughs> fireweed, that just sounds scary. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually it's how we scary. figure out that we know fall is coming and summer is ending because the plants oh. grow really tall and they turn pink. And that means that uh, the end oh, of summer okay. is nigh. So it's not that when you drink it, it's like super spicy hot or your no. mouth's on fire. It literally is the color. That's beautiful. I like that. Okay. All right. I'm going to come up there and try it then. I, that, Do that's it. Fair. I'll treat you. So, you know, I love the fact that you were able to join us and it was so great to be able to visit this summer in Chicago. I'm curious though, because we haven't really talked a lot about kind of your history. How in the world did you get started in human resources? So I, I kind of fell into that tripped and fell into HR trope um, that I think a lot of us here and or some of us ourselves have experienced. Um, I actually started out going to school for human services, really wanted to work with kiddos and um, work with those kiddos that are in crisis and weird family situations and kind of lost trauma and stress. Um, so I was going to school for psychology and had an internship <laughs> and realized that I wanted to take all the kids home and fix them all. <laughs> and I just could not handle it. <laughs> it was really hard to kind of develop those boundaries um, for me because I just had too, so much heart in it. And I realized it wasn't the best fit for me. So as I was kind of figuring out um, what was going on, I was working at a third party recruiting agency and had an awesome mentor that said, you know, I think you can really do more than admin stuff. Do you have any interest in HR? And kind of launched into this huge conversation and really one of my closest friends now um, was this mentor who offered to kind of grow me into HR. For me, it was just a really lovely balance of being able to still make a difference <laughs> and help people, um, but keep my own sanity <laughs> and kind of get out of that direct service crisis um, kind of environment. But right now I work for a nonprofit that I really love. So I know the work I'm doing is making a difference, um, but it was just a really good balance. And then I kind of fell in love with the whole, the whole so profession. So what's been your favorite part yeah, of working in fell HR? Into it. <laughs> Um, it's been, it's, I think it's really been the moments when I'm helping folks that they're coming to you with an issue and <laughs> you end up giving them answers to questions they didn't know they had. <laughs> so we get calls, you know, kind of trying to navigate the, you know, the black hole of the applicant tracking system. And then we get into a bigger conversation of what do they want to do and where do they see their career paths going? For me, those are the most meaningful moments when you get to actually make a difference in someone and what they're doing. So I, I've loved having those opportunities as a recruiter. Oh, wow. um, and I'm actually transitioning into an employee relations <laughs> role right now. So that's ex exciting and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> so it's it's really been um, my favorite part is being able to help someone solve a problem and then end up uh, maybe solving other problems that they didn't realize they were thinking about or going to run into um, and just being able to help well, spoiler alert, if mm -hmm. you haven't listened to a previous episode, Wendy is moving yes. out of <laughs> out of out of employee relations back into recruiting. So the two of you should catch up offline. Yeah, I love it. Talk about that because <laughs> you know, we we've had some we've yeah. had some conversations. We've we made the announcement here. She'll already be in the new job when this show yeah. releases. But for those of you that haven't listened to Lorena Pabon's episode, Spoiler, go back and listen and you'll hear all about that new job. But that's so exciting. I, I, the thing that fascinates me, Jillian, in, in and we've kind of beat this drum about Alaska a few times. And the fact <laughs> you're geographically just so far away from us. And I just love the fact you've been so engaged in the community, knowing there's that distance. I just wonder, though, you know, do you have 
particular challenges that you see because of geography or, you know, are there issues that you deal with or that you've seen or as you talk to your peers that are, you know, on the, you know, in the, yeah. the continental U.S. or on the mainland or whatever you want to call it? Do, do you <laughs> deal with issues there in Alaska that we don't necessarily have or maybe uh, maybe that are heightened <laughs> because of location? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, we, we refer to it as a lower 48. <laughs> That's Thank what we you. call anything uh, below us. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Which is something I didn't know until I, I moved up here. But we, I think we have kind of two prong kind of categories of, of unique problems. The first thing is that we are woefully behind in a lot of the um, kind of technologies and things like that. For example, <laughs> with Twitter, um, when I came to my new organization, I had to kind of explain like what a Twitter chat was <laughs> and explain that I wasn't just like shopping online and like, you know, sending funny cat videos to my friends that I was actually doing something related to the profession and, um, and kind of just get us up to speed there. And I think we have that tendency, just Alaska is a little bit behind in things. So like Twitter just blew up here maybe like a couple of years ago <laughs> and got really popular here. Um, but it wasn't before, which when I moved up from California, I knew, you know, use Twitter and was on it. But um, so that's kind of one thing that we have going. The the really the true hardest thing I think for us in HR is the recruiting side of it, because we have a talent pool. Sure. It's really a talent puddle. So when everybody's talking about the talent crisis, it's like tenfold for us. We have a really unique environment that is either amazing or awful, depending on what you're looking for. Um, we have a lot of isolation, and I live in Anchorage, so. When you kind of think about like that, is it dark all the time? You know, we don't have that to the extreme, but we definitely have, you know, in the middle of winter, it, it could be five o'clock and you're leaving work and it's dark. And when you got to work at eight o'clock, it was dark. So you just have some adjustments to make and kind of getting used to that rhythm. And for some people that want to be here for the adventure, because they fall in love with this, you know, the great last frontier in Alaska. They get here and they may be loving it and just totally into it, but maybe their family isn't. So that's something that we really have to dive in deep with the candidates and kind of get a little more, more personal um, than I think normally you would with a candidate because we need to understand if they really know what they're getting into. Like, do they understand that in some parts of Alaska, there is only one restaurant and no movie theaters and no entertainment <laughs> and they may not be on the road system? Um, or here in Anchorage, <laughs> even where I am in the city, I've had to be late to work because there was a moose on my porch. So <laughs> <laughs> just not an exaggeration. I literally could not open the door because the moose was on my porch. I could not open it a squeak around it or anything. So there's just, there's all these unique things that are lovely and wonderful. <laughs> and I mean, for example, kept me here. I came up on a vacation 10 years ago and we were just going to stay for a little while, but we're still here. <laughs> Um, so I think for the right people, it's amazing, but um, it's just getting through that kind of walking it through with the canon of do they want to live somewhere where, you know, a plane might not be able to get out if you've got family in the lower 48. It's it kind of puts candidate screening to a whole new level. <laughs> I have to tell real quickly. So 20 years ago or so, I was I was in well, I was when I was in graduate school, was right before I got got into H.R., friend of mine was looking for jobs and he got a call about a job. This was in Kentucky. He got a call about a job in Alaska. <laughs> you want to guess what his screening question yeah. was as to how he determined he was not interested? Oh, he, asked him how, he asked him how much a gallon of milk cost. <laughs> 
And when they told him how much it cost, he's like, yeah. nope, sorry. And that was that. And I always thought that was, I always thought that was a very well, interesting that's a good, way that's of That's a good way to kind of it. gauge. But I can't remember what they said it cost, but apparently it was much more than it would have cost in Kentucky. And he said, meh, no thanks. Oh, yeah. I, I bet it was. It was a very interesting way to do it. And, to... and it made for a very fairly brief conversation with the recruiter, I think, too. Mm-hmm. It was the we first question to... out of their mouth. We try to do a lot of questions like that to try and figure out, you know, how much research someone has done into living in Alaska. Um, because we, I think we do get a lot of people that are just very, they have this romantic idea of Alaska, which it is. If you like hiking and camping and fishing and that whole gamut, <laughs> you will love it here. But if you haven't really researched it, so, yeah. and I have, you know, told people about things like that, they're just shocked. So you have to figure <laughs> out how serious are they really? Well, you can tell I, I haven't done well, my research. I have research, to say, a lot of the stuff you talked about sounded very similar to <laughs> that's, that's the most people don't know. where I am. Um, you know, driving far away to the next movie theater, or um, we would, when I was growing up, we would drive uh, 35 minutes for fast food. But I can honestly say I've never woken up to a moose on my front porch. So you have you have South Dakota yep. beat on that. <laughs> um, although maybe in the Black Hills, I don't know. I've never seen one in the black. <laughs> you never know. We do have a lot of uh, baby black bears that have been wandering around too. Yeah, which is different for oh, us. Oh yeah, they're um, because bears they're are awfully adorable cute, at a but distance. I always get worried because Mama can be very close by, and that's not what we. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, Jillian, you were featured on the Sherm blog um, yes. after Sherm eighteen, not talking about can. expanding the profession, <laughs> profession and things we can all focus on to improve the workplace. So what has been the response to that blog and how have you gone about making changes in your own organization? Yeah, I I think a lot of the response to the blog was already happening. Like the, the actions that um, I was kind of calling out, we started to see happen really fast. Like in Twitter, kind of talking about asking the hard questions, even though they might not feel like the right, maybe most friendly questions to ask. So when we're doing things like questioning some of the decisions that we've seen coming out of Sherm leadership, when we're talking about things we want to see more of um, at the conference, really just kind of being okay with being with asking a question that's not the most comfortable question to ask. <laughs> I think they were starting to happen already. And I, I remember coming home and there was this whole kind of um, conversation about a hashtag that some people felt like it was excluding. Some people didn't realize that there were those feelings or that they were just using it because they had used it in the past to kind of easily categorize tweets. And so I really love seeing that because I felt like it it inspired so much of what I was trying to write about and express because I think sometimes it can be hard to ask those questions, especially when you're in like a social media platform and uh, people, you don't know how people will respond. Um, but I really love seeing that everyone's responding to it things for the most part really respectfully and agreeing to disagree or sharing and explaining their point of view and their perspective um, because I think that helps me question my own views um, and make sure that I'm really thinking about all the angles from something and that in turn kind of inspires me to ask those tough questions that might not be super comfortable to ask um, with my organization or with my chapter. I ended up joining my board at my local chapter for sure Ashram here and asked, could we start a mentoring program? And I really thought that that was going to spark a whole bunch of difficult conversations about what we're doing or maybe what else we could do for our members. But getting through those conversations where I was really nervous to initiate it, started a whole new program that we're launching actually in the next couple months. So 
it was worth it to kind of put myself out there and ask the question I wasn't super comfortable going with, but it's going to cool. result in a program that I well, think will be Jillian, really meaningful it to is our now time for everyone's a lot favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. So do you remember how you first connected with us? Yes. Um, I started out lurking in next chat for a long time because I was too shy to kind of jump in and, and start talking. And then I ended up joining the YPAC um, and getting involved with SHRM's group with the Young Professionals um, Advisory um, Committee <laughs> and started kind of working through what that would look like for me. And part of that was hosting a next chat myself, which was really scary because I had all these people that I loved reading the tweets and you were both one of the folks or you each were someone that I really loved reading your thoughts and your perspectives. So getting to engage with you all on next chat was how I started to kind of get familiar and, um, you know, kind of send heart eye emojis your way, whenever you both kind of were chiming in with things that um, really meant something to me and, and thinking about what we were talking about with the conversation. Jillian, how's networking helped you in your career and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking? I think for me, because I am a, I'm kind of like an undercover introvert. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, I don't love getting out networking. It's not my most comfortable thing. I kind of force myself to do it because it does pay off. Even with writing on the blog and, and tweeting, I thought no one in Alaska is really going to be probably paying attention to this or, you know, connect me in you know, real life with these blogs and, and Twitter chats that I was participating in. Um, but I actually connected with someone that um, was here locally as a result of that um, and made a really meaningful relationship with her. And that was kind of one of the steps that got me involved and interested with being on the board of my local chapter to kind of have more of an impact, um, which is something I never would have done just kind of going to our monthly meetings <laughs> um, and being involved in that level. And it, it did lead actually to an opportunity for, um, for a job offer, which was super exciting. So I saw it pay off in the real world with what I was doing on the web, which I thought was really amazing. Not something I anticipated happening. So who uh, do you read and follow for HR Insights? In all the time as everybody else is. Oh, there's such a long list. <laughs> I th and there's also a lot of podcasts, too, that are kind of muddled in there, too. Um, I love reading Jasmine. She's got her blog, HR Jazzy. I think it's a really awesome perspective to see from someone who's newer to the field and kind of growing. I, I feel like I identify a lot with some of the trials and tribulations she's gone through and things that she's pointed out or things um, that really aligned with what I was you know, curious about or wondering about. And I, I love reading the Ask a Manager blog. I think that one is great. Allison Green, I believe is her name, um, that runs that one. That's one of my kind of favorite go-tos that isn't always, you know, thrown into the HR wheelhouse, but I think it's got some great feedback, especially for folks that may not be coming at it from an HR perspective, but their question kind of circles back eventually to HR. <laughs> I really love that one. And there's so many great podcasts now that are popping up that I love. I'm a big podcast nerd, yeah. so I think that's usually where my heart is more than blogging secretly. <laughs> Tell us, because, you know, that's what we've bonded over <laughs> is the podcast world. Yes. But what, what what shows are you listening to that you think people ought to check out? If you haven't listened to Hostile Work Environment, those guys are awesome. I, I really love the legal perspective more than I thought I would when I first got into looking at doing more in HR besides recruitment and kind of learning the legal parts of things. <laughs> so I tripped and fell into HR. I didn't really have kind of like a formal HR education. Um, so for me, that legal part was really scary, but some of your stories you learn so much from, and they're also hysterical, oh, which I yeah. think is great. 
I actually just met them last. Well, this will come out way after I met them, but I got to meet Mark <laughs> and Dennis in Pittsburgh and awesome. did a part of a show with yeah. them. It was insane. I crashed Ashra's conference to meet these guys and it just, it was perfect. It was like, how could I not do that? How could I not? I was in war. I was in Pittsburgh for work, stopped. We had lunch. We visited. Uh, the guy thought my recording device was a vape machine. <laughs> that was hysterical, but yeah, we, those guys are, they're the best. And yeah, we're huge fans too. We're huge fans too. Awesome. How do you like giving back to the HR community, Jillian? I think for me, I felt like I ended up in HR with paths that I wouldn't have found if I, if I didn't have somebody that was willing to take a chance on me. So I try to find ways to do that kind of like paying it forward as much as I can. You know, I, I had a friend of my oldest niece trying to look for a job and wanted some help with a resume. And we did that. We sat down and put together a resume from her. And it seems like a super basic thing, but she was asking, you know, how did you learn to do this? And and what, where do you work and what do you do? And just getting to share that story. And I know when I was a kid that HR wasn't something I thought I want to be that when I grow up. <laughs> I just didn't think about it in that way. But even with folks that I think are changing careers, maybe they've worked in, you know, our oil fields here in Alaska and they end up getting hurt and need to find a job that is more office based. I really love getting to talk to people about HR who haven't thought about it before as a potential future for them. Um, and just, share whatever knowledge I can, whether it's working on a resume with them or even doing a kind of like mock interview to give them like immediate feedback. Cause I feel like you never really get that from an actual interview. So Jillian, what is your favorite movie? So I think this one's a tie for me um, because I love breakfast at Tiffany's hand down one of my favorites, um, but I also fell in love with La La Land. So when that came out with kind of that <laughs> sort of old Hollywood feel, I just fell in love with it. I can't stop watching that movie or playing the soundtrack to the point of my husband turning it down whenever he walks by. He's heard it so many times now. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? I think, gosh, I, I, have, I have a hard time picking favorites. I realized when I was thinking about what my favorite things are. I can't pick favorites. I love listening to the <laughs> I love listening to the Goo Goo Dolls. I think I've loved them since I was old enough to understand their lyrics. But I just absolutely fell in love with Ed Sheeran and got to see him in concert in Toronto, which was amazing <laughs> and the, hands down the best. How about a favorite live TV music show I've seen? It's really sad because it's been off the air for such a long break now. But I love Game of Thrones. It's I feel like I need like a map to draw out how it all connects, and I have to rewatch the whole thing from start to finish every time. Um, <sighs> but I am normally always going to read the book before I watch a TV show or a movie. But this was the one exception I just gave up oh, in the book because cool. it was so complicated. And this huge world is so complex. I actually enjoy it now more having gone back to start it again after watching the show. You know, I always have to find a connection. And sadly, I can't find it in any of these things you mentioned. But we <laughs> talked about podcasts earlier. And I know we've bonded over podcasts. And you, when you tweeted from Chicago, the Doughboys picked up something you tweeted. And that was awesome because that's was. my favorite show, <laughs> hands down. My favorite show on the air, but I never talk about it here because it's about fast food restaurants and there most people, <laughs> not their thing. But anyway, I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we've talked. We need to talk more about podcasts because it's, it's, I, I may add that as one of my favorite things now because it, it yes. for me, it's become as, I think I listen to as much of, and you have so much windshield time listening to shows that I'd ever music or 
anything else. But having said all that, if you're not watching Breakfast at Disney, you're La La Land, not listening to the Goo Goo Dolls and Ed Sheeran, not watching TV or Game of Thrones or reading the book, what else do you like to do outside of work? I really love being out and about in Alaska. We've got such great kind of mountains in the background and trees everywhere. It's it's gorgeous. So I was trying to find a new hobby that would let me get out, but I oh, I sometimes need more of a purpose yes. than just getting out and walking around. So I'm very type A that way. Um, so we actually, uh, not too long ago, we started doing geocaching. <laughs> Do you know what that is? So we, we really fell in love with it because, you know, you, you get a little checkbox when you find the thing you're looking for. And sometimes you're just signing your initials on, you know, a little paper log, but you get to mark off that you found it. And we've actually ended up with some hilarious stories because of it. Just I'll share super quickly. We were trying to find our very first one clue to help <laughs> you find this, this kind of hidden item that's at these coordinates was that there would be a gnome pointing you in the right way. Well, long story short, we ended up in the middle of the woods and it was dark <laughs> and we found some people that were walking through the woods, which is kind of normal in Alaska. There's always people around. And I had never seen a bear in Anchorage, but the people that were coming back out of the woods said, oh, it's fine. Go ahead. You'll see the little guy. You'll find the thing that everyone's looking for. You're fine. It's okay. And then we kept walking and saw a bear and <laughs> quickly whipped around, <sighs> ran back out of the woods. I was probably screaming. And the guys were at the edge of the wood hysterically oh my laughing goodness. because they set us up. They had taken the little gnome frog creature statue out of the woods and hidden it away because they wanted to watch people <laughs> run out of the woods screaming. <laughs> so that was the total fail. <laughs> but since then, we found we have been pretty successful cool. in finding our, our geocache cool. uh, when we go out. So, and about. Julian, if you were in fun. HR, it's free. You could what do you think you'd be and doing professionally? Just find a little hidden object um, with the geo coordinates, but it's super fun. I would like to think I'd be successful enough at this that I would love to be a book publisher. I I absolutely love reading and stories, and I think I could think of no better <laughs> job than um, you know getting people's stories and getting to sit there and read them. Uh, you and, never know. And think about which ones might be successful. Um, but then again, what yeah. I like, not everybody might like, so it could be a total failure. But I I love the <laughs> literary world. There you go. <laughs> job. <laughs> I think it's safe to say, Jillian, you're the first person that said that. That's great. Yeah, maybe someday well, when I retire, I'll do it for fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jillian, I want to congratulate you. You survived the question connection. You survived the conversation at large. You survived meeting me in Chicago. I, I have to tell you, it was so funny. You came up and talked to me, and you know, it was such a. Yeah. You know, it's it's still very humbling that people seek us out and want to say hello and. Again, I, I call you my Alaskan listener because I know I think yes. you're the only person. <laughs> and if you, if there are others, let us know. You can always contact us. But I know you are. And we can't thank you enough for making the time and being where you are and making it work. So we we want we really do appreciate it. Oh, for so those listeners that for those listeners that aren't following you now, tell them how what's the best way to reach you. So I am on Twitter. Um, I've been quiet these last four, three or four weeks because we've been implementing a new system. So I'm finally getting my head out above water again, and I will be back. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm on Twitter. Um, it's at Jillian A. Caswell. And yeah. I am on LinkedIn with my blog sometime as well. I'm, I'm actually yep. looking at starting my own blog in the next two or three months. Yeah. So I will hopefully have more coming soon. Wendy, how about yeah. you? For those folks out there that, that aren't aren't in touch with you yet. What's the best way to reach you? 
Well, I hope you'd all uh, follow my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And then, of course, you will find me on Twitter uh, on the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for the HR Social Hour Twitter chat. And I'm there as Wendell93. How about you, John? Easiest way to find me is go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. You'll find all the links to my social there. And while you're there, listen to a show, rate and review, give us more publicity and more, uh, more love. It helps us very, it helps us a lot. It helps to continue yes. to, to boost the signal. And that's all we can ask each and every week of you to do. So again, thanks for being with us tonight. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. Network. Take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.